welcome you once again to Open Court with Fairfield basketball coach Chris Casey. This is your podcast place for Fairfield Hoops. Along with the coach, I'm Bob Heisler, joined by my broadcast partner, the former Fairfield great, the Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis. And our special guest today is Stags forward Alexis Yetna. The Stags have put together another win streak, three straight victories for Fairfield, three hard-fought victories against Manhattan, Ryder, and then a uh, black and blue special down at mm -hmm. St. Peter's over the weekend. So, Chris, um, how would you characterize the team's collective mindset during this latest win streak? You've obviously been overcoming a number of different challenges during this stretch, and uh, I think it speaks to what you've already talked about, uh, grinding things out, huh? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, our mindset, um, our mindset really hasn't changed. You know, I, our mindset, that, that's the – that's the beauty of this team and this group. There has not been a change in mindset at all. Win, lose, something good happens, something bad happens, injury, get guy back healthy. There's been no, no change to the mindset. And, and um, to their credit, they just keep finding different ways to win. I mean, we, we score 84 points against Manhattan, um, and then we go down to St. Peter's, and, which is a real hard place to play, and, and Bosch does a great job with them, and that's a, a flat-out street fight. So it's a totally different game, and we're able to find a way to make one more play than they do and win that game. So our mindset has been steady uh, throughout the year, and I think that's I think that's I know that's playing a huge part in giving us an opportunity to win. And one of those things that you have had to fight through in terms of adversity is is injuries. There've been a number of them lately for Fairfield that you have been overcoming. Uh, the latest one of concern is uh, involving Bryson Goodine, so I know a lot of our listeners are anxious to hear what the update is on him, the prognosis, and um, maybe when possibly we might be seeing Bryson again. Yeah, well, uh, two things, uh, Bob. First of all, it's college basketball in February, so everybody's banged up. Everybody's got bumps and bruises. Everybody's tired to some degree, coaching staffs included. Um so it, this is the grind period that you're going through, and um, everybody's a little banged up. And, you know, our guys have done a good job of the next man steps up, and now he does something, and, and that's what you need on a team. Uh, Bryson is one of the guys we have banged up. We're hopeful. He's day-to-day -day right now. He's, he's, working on, uh, he's working on getting healthy. He's having some challenges with, with his surgical knee uh, right now. Uh, but he's working at it. And uh, like all our guys have, and uh, we're hopeful that we can get him back to practice this week and have him this weekend. We got to see how that goes. That's going to be day to day. Probably a pain tolerance thing for him. Yeah, to some degree, it's a pain tolerance thing. Um, you know, uh, and I don't want to put it totally on that. There's also a mental side to that when you're injured. You know, Lex can talk about that a little bit. You know, you have to be able to to trust your body when you go play. You're playing at such a high level and. You know, we're certainly not walking the ball up the floor, so we're playing at a high speed defensively and offensively. So mentally, there has to be some trust in your body that your body's going to perform, and that's also part of it. Another guy that Stacks fans are waiting for and uh, you're waiting on, of course, anxious to get back, is Peyton Smith. How's the big man looking? He's doing fine. I think we're going to have him this week. I'm hopeful that he practices tomorrow. Um, you know, he's been working hard to rehab that ankle uh, that he hurt at Iona. Um, so we're hopeful to have him uh, back in action for some practice time this week and then hopefully be able to use him this weekend. And we're talking to Coach uh, Casey here on the podcast on Monday. So uh, practice being tomorrow as Tuesday for uh, Peyton Smith's uh, hope for a return to the practice floor. And one player who is back on the floor for the Stags is our special guest today, Alexis Yetna who uh, made his long-awaited Fairfield debut on February 8th and that win over Ryder. And what was that moment for you, Lex? What emotions were you feeling both leading up to the game that day when you probably knew you were going to give it a go and then when you actually stepped on the floor for the first time in almost two years? I mean, first of all, I'm, I was just just blessed and happy to be in this position. And uh, I feel like, honestly, the the biggest thing I was, I was encountering is it didn't feel real because I've been waiting for this moment for so long. It's been almost two years. It just felt like it wasn't real, but being able to be playing a game that I loved and that I missed playing, it, it was just very, very, very emotional for me, I'm not going to lie. 
Coach Casey just talked about the mental aspect of this. Um, of course, the physical aspect of, of bouncing back from an injury speaks to itself. There's a lot of hard work that goes into this. But the mental side of it, how were you able to block out the negative thoughts and maintain a positive attitude during what had to be such a challenging stretch to get back to where you have now finally arrived? I mean, it, it was, but I feel like the, the team and the environment that we're in, it just made me want, want to be better every day. Obviously, there's some other days that I feel a little bit down, but seeing my teammates coming in with energy, coaches coming in with energy every day, it made me not want to let them down and, and bring the energy down, just come in with a lot of positive vibes and just trying to help the team, even from the sideline. And it, that's what kept me kind of locked in on the team and getting better during the season, even when I wasn't playing. So you're watching this team, Lex, and you're seeing how this team is performing, especially the guards are terrific. Peyton Smith has been good. Um, Sec has been on and off hurt. You're aware of the expectations. We all know now. There's no secrets. How good you're, you've been in the past. You're aware of the expectations the fans have for you. They're excited when you get in the game, when you got in the game for the first time. Were you aware of the ovation you got? You, you said it felt like it wasn't real. But comment about the expectations that are on you and also how you felt when you hit that three the, uh, I don't know if you were the everyone on the on the bench jumped up. Bleachmore was uh, ready to pour, uh, re support, uh, report in. He jumped the highest. Just talk to me about your feeling uh, about that. I mean, first of all, I, I want to give credit to the Fairfield fan base. Um, every people that I've been talking to always was thinking about my well-being first. They never talked to me about when you're coming back, when is the ice, like, just how you doing, and just give me the the faith and the belief that they had in me just to come back and, and do do what I'm supposed to do. And and I'm very grateful to, to being part of, of this community, first of all. And then I mean there's that, that three, it, it felt it, it felt good. Not gonna lie, it felt good. <laughs> I was thinking about them for a long time. The first time it was score again and being our home in a big game against Ryder just just felt good and we got a chance to get get the W at the end so everything was perfect. Felt yeah. good for me, too, Lex. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking, there's another guy in the floor that can make a three. That's great. That three you took at St. Peter's, I thought that was going down. So did I. Your hand. It felt actually better than the one against Ryder. <laughs> Not gonna, it felt better. The next one was going down. And we're going to get into a lot more of your story later on in the podcast. But I do want to ask how you are feeling right now as we're looking at you and talking to you on this Monday coming out of the weekend uh, when you last played against St. Peter's. Uh, that was Saturday. So a couple of days later, how do you feel? I'm feeling good. It was it was a huge win, especially watching how the game unfolded this weekend in the MAC. I feel we, we, we probably had the, the, the best win this weekend. So it was a big-time win on the road against a, a very, very good team that is going to probably make a run later in March too. So – it just it was just great. So now I'm feeling happy and with a big one Friday at home against the third the third place team. So it's going is we're just excited to to be in this position to compete. Joe, well, Lex just broke that down like a broadcast analyst. Yeah, that was, that was, was pretty great. good. Yeah. That was pretty good. You have a future perhaps uh, <laughs> hopefully well 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 down the line uh, behind the mic. Um coach, uh, you got Louis Bleachmore back. And there have been a couple of times during the games where he has returned where you're like, oh, no, not again. He goes down most recently against St. Peter's. Um, he's a tough kid. He's playing through some pain. But I wanted to just make sure, ask you how he's doing. Because every time you look, that ankle is getting – he's yeah. going down again. Yeah, he's, he's a warrior, that young guy is, as a bunch of our guys are. He, um, he did tweak it a little bit in that St. Peter's game and uh, – those of you that were watching the game could see there was a little bit of a limp going up and down the floor. But he's his mindset is great. He's he's uh, he's on the training table behind the bench, and uh, my wife told me she's watching him, you know, and really trying to pay attention. Is he okay? And they locked eyes, and the first thing Louis does is mouth to my wife, "Tell him I'm okay." That's great. That's great. I was great. So. Um, yeah, he, he just battled through it, and, you know, these couple days off I think are going to help, so he'll get back in there, do some more rehab, work on the ankle, and, you know, hopefully we'll have him full goal for the rest of the week for practice. Another guy who went down for a little bit during the game at St. Peter's, and if I remember right, he had some moments in the uh, Ryder game where you were holding your breath, is Barima Sek. Yet he fought through that, and um, 
I think maybe that was his best game so far as the stag. Uh, he came through it physically at the end okay, didn't he? And what was your evaluation of Barima as far as his overall game was concerned last Saturday at yeah, St. Peter's? I, I thought he played really well. He made he made two big post moves for us uh, down on a block and um, – you know, really good recognition by him in that situation and also by our guards. You know, they were excellent like we were excellent, and mm -hmm. he had a mismatch down there in the block, and we got him the ball, and, you know, he, he put it in the basket twice for us. So he made a couple of big plays there and, you know, blocked the shot. Uh, he did a good job defensively when we switched, keeping guys in front of him. Um, I think some of him, you know, going down in those situations is, you guys know, those high ankle sprains, they kind of just, you know, you may be – you may be healed, but they kind of hang around, and you know they've kept you out for a period of time. So you get concerned when you do hit the ground. Funny that, oh God, I didn't do it again. You mm -hmm. know, so I think that's part of it. Uh, but he's tough-minded, so he always bounces back up, and he's always right back in the game. You know, uh, with Louis now hopefully getting back to uh, full strength, this guy right in front of us, Alexis Yetna, is back. Uh, you have Barima Sek, who is now rounding into form, uh, an improving James Johns Jr. You know, we talk about the strength of this team naturally being in the – everybody does uh, when they look at the Fairfield team. They say, boy, what a great guard rotation. You've got a pretty formidable front court now uh, rounding into physical shape. How does that change the scope of how you approach this team from a coaching standpoint? In other words, the strength has been the guards, and it always will be the guards, but now you got you can mix and match a little bit more, can't you? Yeah, I think so. Um you know, and I think game to game that kind of dictates how you play and, and, and how you're going to match up and, you know, who you feel might make the biggest impact on the game. I think the biggest thing in this situation now as we get guys back and more guys are available to play and more guys are capable of impacting the game is we stay with a mindset of team above everything. You know, it's not it, – when you get in your minutes, impact the game. And if your minutes vary from game to game, you got to be happy for the guy who got more minutes that game and impacted the game. And that's a mentality that we have to keep. And, um, you know, I'll, uh, I'll give you a couple of quick stories that I pointed out in the last film, which I think are significant. So Lex gets in the game against Ryder, and uh, Caleb gives him a, a beautiful pass on a, on a pick and roll, and he finishes. And I'm not sure if you got fouled on that, Lex. I can't remember, but you, it was a great finish. And the whole bench got up, but the first guy up was Barima, and he ran down the baseline, down the sideline, you know. And that's a guy that plays his position, you know. Um, the other thing that happened in that game is, you know, we had a situation with Louie where he got tangled up uh, with Merv James, and it looked like there was going to be a technical foul called. And I said to Jalen, Jalen, you shoot the, the tee. And uh, Jalen looks up at the, uh, at the scoreboard and sees that he's got 20. Caleb's got 20, Jasper's got 18. Mm -hmm. And he looks at me and he goes, no, no, Jasper's shooting him because <laughs> he wanted to go 20, 20, 20. Yep. And that, so that mentality is so important to our group. And as we get guys back, it's got to stay, you know, because it's, it's about the win and it's about competing. And it's about when you are on the floor, make an impact on the game. But it's about the win. That's It's about team over everything. Um and speaking of, uh, was talking a little bit personnel in regards to team and Bleachmore. In the St. Peter's game I saw, and I'm sure down the road, you played with him as your five man. What what <clears throat> what advantages do you think you have when you do that? I think you put um, five guys on the floor that, are, and not that our other guys in the front court can't handle, but um, you put your five better ball handlers on the floor to some degree. I also think they went small, so I thought it was a better matchup for us at that point because we were switching five, and I thought the matchup might be a little bit better at that point, so I thought that's what the game needed. I'm always coaching the game, looking at it, and going, okay, what does the game need that helps us? And I felt at that point that might have helped us a little bit. I also, you know, watching the last game, I thought we played really well against them with Louie at the five, and that was right before he got hurt. Um, so that was kind of in the back of my mind, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's a luxury, you know, that our guys have done a good job of buying into. You can put five smaller guys on the floor and be successful, and you can put a bigger team on the floor and be successful. Lex, you hear um, your head coach, Chris Casey, talking about the connectivity of this team and how everybody is rooting for the other guy. Uh, you've been a big part of that 
from the bench until recently when now you're on the floor. But I want to ask you to measure the cohesiveness of this Fairfield team compared to your previous experiences. You have the uh, the luxury, in this case, of giving us the perspective of somebody who's played for South Florida and for Seton Hall and now for Fairfield. So in a comparative basis, this group for Fairfield, how does it match up in terms of that connectivity aspect? I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a nice connectivity team that I've been a part of, to be honest. Um, every guy is rooting for the other one. There's no nobody have an ego. It's all about the team first. So it, that's what that's what makes it a good experience for us. We all like hanging out around each other, and we all happy for the next man. So I think that's 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 one of the key of our success this year is that when things get hard, we always rely on each other and trust each other to make plays and and trust each other the ability to do, to, to to be good at what we do. And you can't fake that kind of thing. That has to be a natural uh, process. When did you realize that this group was the kind of group it's become? As you said, everybody gets along, no egos. You push each other hard. Uh, you've been around, obviously, since the summer with this program. But when did you first pick up on that fact? As soon as I got here, to be mm -hmm. honest, the guys was always um, worried about each other. We, we all been connected. We have leaders on this team that make sure that even the, the younger guys are involved. And I think that that's what shocked me. The, the first thing that shocked me the most when I got here is the the coachability of the younger guys. Because a lot of the young players, they don't play much in practice. They they don't get the ball, and they, they just mope around. But all these guys just keep working hard. And 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 there's a saying that say that you're as good as your, um, your lowest, I guess, your – worst player that's how good you are so the younger guys always buy in and work hard and that's something that I appreciate because I feel like especially nowadays a lot of younger guys come into college with a lot of expectation and entitlement but these guys just put their hair down and they work every day. Lex I, I have uh, two questions um, so I don't go to practice every day so I can't say I'm an authority but I got to believe you spent a lot of time before you come back in the training room while the team was practicing, do you feel you're behind in terms of, like, understanding the offense, the defense? And the second question is, what is the hardest thing for you to do right now on the court? I, I'll say no. I, I, I was um, – I would give a shout-out to, uh, to our, our double, uh, Coach Matt. I, I've been with him a lot, watching film, watching uh, run-through plays, so – and understanding the the way we play defense, so the scheme. So, I, I – even if I wasn't be able to to be all the time in practice doing my rehab, uh, I was able to follow the way the way we were approaching the games and the game plans um, every day. Yeah, and in terms of, of um, coming back, um, obviously, um, I didn't play for so long. It just just come, just get my feet under me. That was the, the more the, the the biggest thing for me. Just be able to get my pop back, my my explosiveness, and just be able to just get the little, little feel for the game. Because it's like I'm, it's basically like I'm playing basketball all over again. Mm -hmm. Just just be able to um, get a good feel and my instinct back. And and coach always um, put so much trust in me and he believed in me and he just tell me to keep working and anything we find. So and I, I trust in what he's saying. So that's what I'm doing. Coach, uh, during this uh, three-game winning streak, one common denominator: they've all been comfort behind victories. You've trailed at the half in every one of those three wins, which is it's a, that's a hard thing to accomplish, especially you get one of those games, uh, one of those wins on the road against a tough St. Peter's team. And so I looked at your second half versus first half numbers. Um, you have averaged 30 as a team, 34 points per game in the first half, 41 points per game in the second half this season. And in the second half throughout the season, you've been outscoring your opponents by over four points uh, per half, half number two. So from a coaching standpoint, you look at that. How do you explain it? You know, it's a positive thing. Uh, what are the things that go into being a good second-half team, which you have been all season? Um, I think the, the most important thing is uh, conditioning. You know, we, we take a lot of pride in our conditioning. Um, you know, most of what we do drill-wise gets us up and down the floor. It's not sitting on the half court. Now, this time of the year, obviously, you're going to do a little little bit less of that because you want to – keep legs but we we always go 
up and down anytime we can. Um, and I think it helps our conditioning, you know, and, and our guys believe that they're better conditioned and they don't, you know, they, they, they have the mentality of, okay, let's wear them out because we're in better condition. So I think that helps us. And then the other part is these guys do a great, they're, they're such a coachable group that if there is an adjustment or two that you want to make in the second half, they do a great job of executing it, you know. Um, and I think, you know, the biggest thing in these last three games, if, and you look at our, our numbers in the second half, has been holding teams down defensively. Yep. Um, we're giving up fewer points. The field goal percentage goes down a little bit. The turnovers go up a little bit for the other team. The steals go up a little bit, you know. Um, and, and I think that's significant. You know, they, they, they realize, okay, you know, we're in the second half and, and we got we got to get stops and rebounds. And one of the things we always say is if you get stops and rebounds, that gets us in transition. And I think we're pretty good in transition. So that's what we – get stops, get rebounds, get out and run. Um, Chris, when I was a, <clears throat> a coach and I would always challenge – when I would challenge my guys' toughness, I used to play five on – have them play five on five, game of three, half court, no fouls. Is that what it felt like playing against St. Peter's? Yeah, but it was more than a game of three. It was like every <laughs> possession. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I, I'm not uh, saying uh, that uh, derogatory. No, I, know I know exactly what and, you're saying. And he does I know a terrific exactly. job coaching that team. He does a great job coaching yeah. that team, and they play hard. I mean, that game, you know, you can watch it on film – but and Lex, you can back me up on this or or disagree. But I mean, you watch it on film, and it's not the same as being there. That game was a a flat out street fight from minute one, mm. um, and I love the way our guys responded to it. You know, and I, I think one of the things that we showed over the weekend on Saturday was that you know we can win games different ways. You know, and if it becomes a street fight, we can street fight too. And I give St. Peter's a hell of a lot of credit. I almost honestly. I, obviously, I'd rather be on the winning side, but I almost felt badly shaking Bosch's hands, yeah. and I said that to him. You know, you, your team played their rear ends off, and, and so did ours, and we were fortunate to make one more play than they did and yeah. won the game, you know, so. Chris, when I when I do my homework for these games, <clears throat> I write down field goal percentage, offense, defense, three-point I also write down free throw percentage and opponent's free throw percentage, and somebody will ask me, well, why do you do that? I mean, it's a free shot. Because taking a free throw at the end of the game in a St. Peter's game is a little harder than doing it against a team that just goes up and down and doesn't bump and hold and grind. Um, so in saying that, you had – and I hate to be Debbie Downer, but I'm making a positive out of this. You had six assists, 14 turnovers. You never do that. To come out of there with a win, I mean, do you put that up as, like, one of the better wins of the year? Yeah, I, I – I, you know – I don't really rank the wins, no, but no, I, what I, I what I look at it is as we won a game a different way. And, you know, Lex knows this. One of the things we kept saying in that in the locker room at halftime and in the second it was just find a way. You know, and, and it's never going to be a pretty game with them because they play so hard. It's very difficult to make it an offensive flowing game. So really what you got to do is, you know, and we said this in the huddle, is guys, you're going to have to make a play offensively. You're going to have to move them, move them, drive them, move them, move them, drive them, and get to the foul line and get to the logo is what I call it, you know, in the paint, and, you know, get fouled or make a play because that's what it's going to come down to. Um, they're not going to allow you to run exactly what you want to run. You'll get some of it initiated, but you're going to have to move them, move them, and drive them and make a play. It's funny, and the reason why I brought that whole question, observation up, was because we were talking about conditioning. Again, the layperson is just going to think conditioning is being able to run it. No, conditioning is being able to perform in a game-like situation down the stretch against a physical team. So I guess at the end of the day, I'm saying kudos to you guys. I, I thought that was a heck of a win. I mean, I, I watched the first half last night and the second half this morning. That was a heck of a You got out of there with a win. That says a lot about your team. Yeah, these guys found a way, mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of what they've been doing all year. If you look at some of our games, they find a way. And – um you know, I, I it, credit goes to them just for, you know, making winning important to them, making playing together important to them, and they're getting results from it. So, you know, I'm, as a coach, I'm really happy to watch that, to watch young guys enjoy that, you know, because we all play basketball because we love the game, you know, and I'm happy to see them enjoy that part of it. We've been spending a lot of time talking about this meat grinder of a game against St. Peter's on 
Saturday, uh, Lex. So what was it like for you? Now, you've competed at the highest level in the AAC and the Big East. Big East, a very physical league. How did uh, that one on Saturday compare from a physical standpoint? Um, It was – the best way to say it was it was a street fight. Um, yeah. this, this, one, this one play that, that marked me of that game is it was like a – they had um, a layup and they missed, and the ball was just keep getting tipped all over the basket. I was fine trying to get one. I trying to look around, see if my teammate was with me. We were all in there. It was <laughs> it was like five on five in the restricted area, just <laughs> fine to get the ball. It was, that's really what it was. It was just it was just who wanted more. It was the, that type of game. And and I, with my experience, that's the type of game that we're gonna play in March. So showing that that we can win these type of games. Low, low scoring games, grind out games. That's how it's going to be in, in March. We're not always going to put up 80 every day. Mm. So showing that that we can't do that. We, if, if it comes down to it, we'll sit down and we'll get a stop and a rebound and, and, and find a way to win. I'm going to ask you about uh, something that I'm going to bring up with Chris, and he just referred to it, uh, second-half adjustments. A lot of that has to do with making adjustments at the defensive end. Obviously, the base defense here is uh, is man-to-man, but you've been showing some zone. What do you prefer, Lex? Uh, I, I think you're going to probably say man-to-man, but how comfortable are you right now setting up at the back of those zones? Um, obviously, um, we most players do man-to-man, so obviously we're more comfortable man-to-man, but – Playing some zone is, is always good. Just, just throw a different look at it at, at, the, at the players. It's not, it's not, it's not just to stop them. Just to throw a different look. I was thinking, like thinking about Ryder, who was running man to man, and they kept scoring. We threw some zone. The zone that didn't necessarily stop them, but the fact that we went zone and get back to man, it just disrupt their, their, their flow in the offense. And that's what it's about. Is, is, it's just about just disrupting the the comfortability of the other team. So we are able to do all different stuff defensively. We can go switch one through four, switch one through five. We can we can play zone, we can press, we can we can do so many things because we got so many bodies and so many different skill sets. So so we can, we are very we are very versatile defensively. Perfect setup. Bob, I'm gonna jump in on that too. One of the things Lex did a really good job of on Saturday if you watch the film, you know, it, he goes in the game and as a coach, the question is, okay, should we still X5? You know, because he's coming back from, from the knee. And in my mind, I said, because we were discussing it, you know, on the bench quickly. And I went, nah, we're X and five, man. He, he's Because one, I think he can do it. And two, he's got to get good at it for us to be good. And he did a really good job with it. If you watch him, he just, he, he, he had, you know, you talk about fighters. You know, when you watch guys fight in the ring, they, they try to find the, the distance what's the right distance you know where you're not going to get hit but you can connect you know he did a great job of that uh, uh when we x5 he had the right distance on guys where they couldn't go by him but he was in the right spot where he could still contest and he's only going to get better at it so he, he did a very good job with that good job lux you can mm. smile <laughs> he smiles all the time what are the things in practice that go into um your confidence in this team team's ability to handle the different kind of looks you're giving teams now uh, opponents at the defensive end um you know i think we just go through those things in practice you know like uh we'll practice tomorrow we didn't, we were off today we were off sunday so we'll go tomorrow and you know we're it's going to be all about us you know we may throw in some breakdown stuff that we're going to see on on friday night but most of the practice is going to be about us and you know, we'll work on the things we do defensively uh, that we stress every day. Our one-on-one defense, help and recover, being in those gaps, post-defense, and then rebound of basketball. Uh, and then, you know, mix in some transition defense and some, some uh, ball screen defense. And, you know, we'll do that almost every day. And um, so I think because we go through those situations in practice, um, we've gotten good at it you know one of the difficult things with switching is when you do that as a coach it's hard to it's hard to practice it unless you're running the other team's stuff because you're basically putting out a pattern offense out there and you're saying okay you know go guard guard exchange guard forward now ball screen 
and guys know exactly what the pattern is, so it's easy to just know X, 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 X. Whereas in a game, it's a reaction thing. Like, I may hit you on the right wing, Joe, and cut under you, and now you drive it right off my rear end. That's a reaction X. Like, you have to react to that in an X, you know? And I think we're getting better and better and better at that, uh, and our staff does a really good job of scouting and going through the other team's stuff, and the more we do it, the more our guys are proactive on their X's as opposed to reactive. So that that's helped us. All right, let's get to uh, know uh, Lex a little bit better here, uh, here. And we're obviously uh, thrilled to see you on the floor. It's been a long journey, and I'm going to go back by asking you to take us to the very start. You grew up in a suburb of Paris. Uh, many European kids play soccer. Was that your first love, or was basketball your first love? Soccer was my first love. Uh -huh. sure. I started playing basketball later, later than most guys. I started playing at 15 um, because I, I got hurt. Actually, I got hurt playing soccer, and I took some time off, and I just fell in love with basketball. I just I started watching players that I like. I used to love watching Blake Griffin play back in his uh, LA Clippers days, watching KD, D-Rose, and – it just made me feel in love with the game. I just started watching more, just wondering about the game, just watch more and just start playing it. And then I was fully committed to it. That's uh, two players in a row we've had on the podcast. Now, I remember Louis Bleachmore liked Blake Griffin after mm. watching him leap over the car in the uh, the slam dunk competition. How about the French professional basketball players? you have any oh, – yeah. uh, I mean, Tony Parker comes to mind uh, – Right off the Rudy Gobert, and there's a there's a guy who plays for the Spurs right now who's pretty good too. Yeah, yeah he's he's, he's alright. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean it's, it's great to see. Um, I mean France producing so much good, so many pros in the NBA. Obviously, Tony Parker was the first one. Then we had Nicolas Batum, mm -hmm. now Rudy Gobert, and and now we have a Victor that's just coming in and just taking over the league. So it, it's just it's, it's good to see that that also in Europe and France we can compete. Well, let's get back to your journey. Who are the people most important in your basketball development, the ones who uh, taught you the game in, in France and then eventually got you on a path where you would come to the United States? I mean, first of all, is, uh, I would say my mom first because my mom used to play basketball professionally in France. So she always, even when I started playing, she always taught me the game, how to play, how to rebound, how to post up. Just understanding the things that I could do, the things I could not do. So, like rebound, dribble, just shoot fade away. You can't redo that. <laughs> Stuff like that. Just understanding the, the the things about basketball. And and she 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 her and my dad always been very critical with me. They never sugarcoat anything. So after every game back home, they always give me a little little kind of like little report on what I did wrong, what I did good, and just. Every game I just picked up and trying to fix it and, and get better. And I would say that's that's what made me become your, the player I am. Your mom's name and your dad's name first. Oh, so my mom's is, name is Giselle. And my dad is JD. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, did your mom, did she encourage you to play basketball from the start? Because you said soccer was your first love. Did she say, well, you should try? No, no she, she, I, uh, honestly, she never did. That, that's surprising. She never did. She never but she never did because obviously in France soccer is just so big, mm -hmm. but it just happened that uh, I fell in love with basketball, and lucky for me she was she 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 been doing this so she 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 was able to pave me the way. A great teacher. And how about your dad? Was he a, a soccer or a basketball player? He was a soccer guy, but my dad just <laughs> my dad is he's somebody he's he's special. He's just he's a very very hard person. So he always like preached me work hard. Put your hand down. Just keep working. Don't worry about nothing else, but keep working hard. And that whatever you get is what you deserve. So if you're not happy with your minutes, if you're not happy with your points, if you're not happy with your situation, it's probably your fault. And mm. that's why, <laughs> that's that's why really like that's the type of guy he is. So having him too, in my corner, it just it just it's good to to keep my hand on my shoulder. Your dad's an engineer, mm -hmm. which requires a lot of discipline. Did you? It seems like you may have inherited some of that, huh? I, I, I mean, some. I think it's just just being around him all the time. Just have to pick up on that. What kind of an engineer is he? Oh, um, like telephonic, like telephonic, all like phones, communication stuff. You're 26 years old. Yes. I believe you're the oldest player in college basketball this season. 
do you ever get self-conscious about that? Uh, I mean, not really, because uh, I believe I just I had a lot of roadblocks on my on my way. So it's not just it's, it, it didn't happen just because it happened. Like this stuff that that made me um, be longer in college, injuries, had a red shirt earlier, my my first year South Florida. So it just it it just it just um just I just have a different timing, and I'm I'm. I'm at peace with it, and mm-hmm. I feel like I can, I can bring a lot of wisdom to the young young guys on the team. So, like Payne, for example, Matt, Maruf, even even Barima, just be able to talk to them through through what they they're going through their their college career. Do they seek you out, or do you are you one of those who initiates on your own? I, th- I think it's mutual. Sometimes I just come to them if I see something wrong, if they feel something wrong with them, something they're they're upset about, or something they concern and just come to me it just it just it just it really like it's like a brotherhood we just all talk to each other so it's, it's nothing and what kind of perspective have you gained from watching the game now for well close to two years from the bench and in practices now and I wasn't being gratuitous when I said you have a very good analytical mind. I was listening to you talk about the game and the mm-hmm. conference and the situations. It sounds like you're uh, you're very analytical. It, has that come in part from being able to watch the game now for a while from a different perspective? Um, yes, definitely. I mean, even outside of basketball, I'm, I'm very very like data oriented, numbers oriented person. So I I always look at the game for more than what it actually is just trying to understand what is going on so you i mean so yeah so being on the side and understanding for example like the way we play the pace we, we add the the way we play defense it is it just helped me being more comfortable when i come back understanding obviously we we play a fast up tempo pace mm-hmm. so be able to rub up and down be able to 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 press up trying to speed up the other other team get more shots than the other team stuff like that it made me already Knowing what I was getting into coming in uh, to February, you um, you prepped here in Connecticut at uh, Putnam Science. Your head coach there, Tom Espinosa, says that you were the best rebounder he ever had, and that's a prep school that's had some pretty yes. good players. Uh, what does that mean to you? And how this may be unfair to ask you how close you think you are to maybe getting back to that. Player, I know physically this can, it's going to take some time, but where are you in, in in that regard? I mean, first of all, I mean I'm so grateful that being able to play for Putnam and Coach Espinosa and assistant coach uh, Coach Kreba, they, they they're doing a great job. Every every year they just produce new high major mid major players, so they are something doing good up there. But I mean, yeah, is it is it is the hardest thing I say right now for me is able to accept that. It's gonna take time. I, I tend to me be a little frustrated sometimes because I know, I know what I can do. I know what I, I used to do a couple of years ago before my injury, and I know I'm I'm gonna get back to that. But not be able to do it right away, is is the challenge that I'm encountering right now. So being cool with coach, talk to me, talking to me after every game, telling me that it's okay and I gotta keep working and that's why you gonna come back. But it's something that that is very challenging. I would say. Is it hard um, to avoid frustration? As you try, because you know what you're capable of doing, and it's your body that is simply uh, trying to catch up to what your mind wants to do. How frustrating is that? It, it is, but it's not at the same time because what make it, what make it better is that, that we're winning. As long as we win, we're winning. It's just the second thought. So, so I'm I'm it's the team first. So right now we're winning. So I'm happy. I'm doing everything is doing well. So I'm just trying to take my time and 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 keep working and trust my work. You've been with the Seton Hall team that has been to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Have you talked about that experience uh, with any of your teammates? What was that experience like, and, and how strong a desire is it for you to to have that feeling again? It, it's, it, it might sound cliche, but just, it's just something different. It's, it's, it's something that like you, you can't really explain. You just feel the, the goosebumps, just all the media around. It, it feel. It feel like it really like it's like a, a dream going on. It's like you're on the big stage, and that's what you work for since you, you you're very young. It's to be in this position to play for for the big prizes. So, so this is something that I talk to 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 some of the guys, and and I can tell looking in their eyes that they they want they want it. They want to get there, and 
and this is something that's very, very achievable, and, and we're more than capable to do it. It's true. You have guys on this team. Uh, Caleb Fields comes to mind. Jalen Leach comes to mind. Jasper Floyd certainly burns for this. Bryson Goodine's been around a while. Uh, you're with a, a like-minded group, aren't you? These guys yeah. have one focus, don't they? I'm stating the obvious, but it's something that probably is very apparent to you. Oh yes, we all we all we all locked in on. We all have one goal: is 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 to get there, win the MAC. We we are totally focused on that. All the guys are fully committed, so. There's no secondary agenda or people that worry about other things. The all first priority is to win the MAC, and that's why we have good leaders between, Jay, like you said, Jalen, me, Caleb, um, Bryson, we all Louis, ja Louis, Jasper, like we and all the guys have. We are all the same mindset. We all hard working people. So we that's what we do. You were two old guys here with uh, Joe and with me, and I think you have more degrees than <laughs> Joe and I have, have combined. Uh, South, South Florida and Seton Hall, tell us a little bit about those degrees and your educational background so far. Oh, so um, I got I heard my bachelor in economics in South, South Florida, 2021, and 2023 I was able to uh, get my master in business administration in uh, concentration and management. And you're a graduate student here at Fairfield. What are you pursuing here at Fairfield? Uh, I'm doing an engineering master right now in management of technology. Management of technology. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Something that Joe and I uh, mastered as well. <laughs> you point. lost me a long time ago. <laughs> Don't feel bad, Bob. It's over my head as well. So. <laughs> um, you're at Fairfield. What was your uh, knowledge of Fairfield? Obviously, you started your college career out of prep school in South Florida, and then came up uh, to this area at Seton Hall, and now here you are at Fairfield. What led to that decision? How familiar were, were you with Fairfield, and what was the connection that eventually led you to being here as a stag? I mean, first, I mean, like you, like we mentioned earlier, um, I spent the year here in Connecticut, so I've been in here. I know a lot of people here, not not in part of Connecticut, but I know a lot of people in Connecticut that that told me that. Maybe coming back around here, we also just a good thing for me, just mentally be somewhere I already been, and um, I didn't know much about Fairfield the city, but coming here it just it's just a great community. I mean, people are all always super nice, welcoming and warm. Just it's just some 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 place you want to be, and um, coming in here obviously I uh, Coach Coach Shong, um knew me for a while, coming here and just it just called me and telling me to to come and take a take a visit. So I, I came here and honestly just me and the coaching staff, Coach Coach Casey and all the other 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 guys here. I mean it was it was a, a great I had a great visit, I had a great time here. Um people was very genuine and that's why something I was looking for for my last year, somewhere where I can trust and and be myself. So you're you're obviously older and you're obviously so much more mature, um, I guess I'm judging, than most of the kids on campus. Where do you, what do you do for fun? Like, do you hang out on post road? Not hang out. Do you go to restaurants downtown? What do you like about the community that someone your age would like? I mean, there's, there's so many things. Obviously, we have the beach um, down the road. There's a lot of nice restaurant around here. It just it's something. It's, it's it's very it's very it's a very live area. It's not like um uh, like like I, I've been used to Connecticut when I was up north. It was it, there was no no not much going on, but down here just there's so much, so much on um, diversity and people all different background and and ages. So, well, Lex, it, I it's funny. I, I'm a little biased, but I I call it the perfect school. It is it, it is it is pretty. There's everything you need here. This you got a beautiful campus. If you're into a smaller type school, you got the beach. Mm -hmm. You got. When I went here, there was no downtown. <laughs> it was <laughs> like it, it was there wasn't, and then obviously easy accessibility from. The roads, the highways, the Merritt, 95, and you got a great school. So, to me, it's the perfect school. Well, how does it compare? You've now this is your third school: South Florida, Seton Hall, Fairfield. Very different schools. How does Fairfield compare to the other places where you've been a student? I mean, every 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 place I've been with, I have something going for them. Is is obviously Florida is just is Florida great. The weather is well and just is lively and. And obviously, seeing all you very close to New York City, it's like a it's like a great community too. So in here, obviously, there's 
this this cool the, the campus is is amazing it's not too big not too small a lot of green area it's just and it's it looks pretty new too so like everything everything is pretty it's pretty good here too so i, I i've been very lucky to been in three different area where where i, I didn't have to complain what are your goals as far as uh, basketball goals are concerned? And then beyond basketball, obviously you're a very intelligent man who already has proven his uh, worth in that regard as you work on your second, third degree. Mm -hmm. So your your goals both for basketball and long-term as a professional. And basketball is played at the highest level possible I can, I can play at. Obviously, um, we all strive to play in NBA, so that's my first goal. If I can just be able to play um at the, at the highest level that that I'll be able to compete at and um after basketball I always I always want to work um around basketball but no no I don't want to coach really but <laughs> good. I feel like good I, on, good Max, decision, good decision. no 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 I mean I mean I, I, I mean coaching is something great but I, um my dream dream job would be to be like a general manager mm. that like either football basketball and the, that's that's something that would be very interested because obviously I love sport. But. And as I said, maybe come back and replace Joe someday. <laughs> yeah. as, no, as, jo, jo, as the Joe got it. No, you, Joe, Joe's got it. Well, he you got know, it. you know what time of year it is now, right? Pitchers and catchers. Yeah, baseball. <laughs> okay, I, I, I love I, I love baseball. Do I, you really? I do. I do watch a lot of baseball. You ever been to Yankee Stadium? I never been, but I'm I'm planning on going to see the uh, Yankee. My friend from Senior Hall, he's a big big Yankee fan. And I'm a huge Shohei fan, so we we go and see the the Dodgers and the Yankee play. We let Joe get talking about baseball and pizza. We are going to be here all the time. Oh, we could talk about we could talk about the Yankees. <laughs> we could talk about Yankees getting Ron Soto, big good pickup for you guys. How about that? Great, great, great pickup. We we need to make one more move though. One more move. But see, as much as I'm crazy about them, and Bob's crazy about his Mets, and Chris too, we're not at at least I'm not. At, I'm speaking. I'm not at the age where. They have to win every year. <laughs> I'm still going to be a fan, and yeah. I'm a good fan that way. We are talking to uh, Lex and Coach Casey on Monday. You have um, now pretty much a full week. Uh, you're off today, Monday, uh, back to work on Tuesday, getting ready for Niagara. So set us up for this work week. You have uh, two games in three days coming up at home this weekend, Niagara and Mount St. Mary's. But I know it's Niagara the focus, although you did say it's all about you in that first practice uh, back. But uh, ramp us up toward Niagara, the kind of work that needs to go in this week, uh, both from a general standpoint and specifically getting ready for them as you look to avenge um, one of your rare lopsided losses this season in the MAC. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we took Sunday and Monday off. We'll go Tuesday. Tuesday's going to be 99% uh, about us working on our stuff. And then uh, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll spend some time on Niagara in preparation for that. Um, you know, a couple things that, that are probably going to be important in the game is they score. Um, they got multiple guys that can put it on the floor, that can shoot it. Uh, so we're going to have to do a good job of uh, defensively keeping guys in front of us, getting back in transition, uh, getting out on three-point shooters, and then rebounding the basketball. Um, and for us offensively, uh, they'll do some switching too. Um, you know, it, it's we're coming from a game where it was difficult to run offense as it is for any team that plays St. Peter's. It's not that type of game. They make you play basketball. Uh, this is going to be a game where you're going to be able to run offense. So we're going to have to make sure that we do a good job of playing those two tempos, getting out in transition, getting easy baskets uh, when we can run, and then when there's five back, being able to execute in half court in that second tempo. Lex, I have to be honest that uh, at this point in the podcast, normally I would say it is now time for our Alexis Yetna update, and I would ask Chris Casey <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's right. about your status. I can't tell you how happy we all are that the Alexis Yetna update is, uh, is sitting right in front of us. We are so happy to have you back. You're a delightful young guy, and uh, we're really looking forward to you um, getting uh, better and better as each game progresses. And this is also part of the podcast when I turn to Joe and I ask Joe, any final words? Yeah, this was a hard one, but um, I, I don't want to put you on the spot. But I'm going to him, but I'm going to streamline it to make it easier. You just won the MAC championship, right? You just, pulled, you just scored 25 points. You pulled down 10 rebounds. You got MVP. 
You're being interviewed. I want you to say one or two lines in French. That's, that's, that's a big question. It's kind of corny, but, you know, uh, I just try to put a little wrinkle on the podcast. No, that's, that's, that's a good one, Joe. It is but a good you one. always do this to me. I'm just worried about having a good practice tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and, you're right. already, and you're already in March, but that's okay. We're I, like, you know, just talk about who you want to thank or – uh, for the he just wants to hear you say something. Yeah, I do. That's but it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to just say say something in French because you yes. would have been like, well, what, "What do you want me to talk about?" After you say, "Merci à tout le monde pour le soutien pendant les les moments difficiles et et je suis je suis bien heureux de d'avoir tout surmonté et de pouvoir être là et et je suis je suis juste je suis vraiment content." All right, someone will interpret that down the road. We could get, yeah. I could Google Translate on the <laughs> yeah, phone. Yeah, I was just, I was just saying, uh, like, I was just thank, thanking everybody that that been with me throughout this this tough period, and, and I'm very happy to to be where I'm at now. Well Perfect. said, and it always Perfect. sounds better in French. It just Absolutely. does. Does it? <laughs> it does. It always sounds better. But we're, as I said, uh, repeating myself, we're thrilled to have you back, and looking forward to some great things. Uh, as we get through uh, February, enjoy the snowstorm. This will be your first snowstorm here in a while, right? In a while, yeah. I heard it's coming to tomorrow. Yeah. Hopefully you miss some classes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy I actually could afford to miss one or two. Coach, thanks, as always, uh, for your time. Good luck uh, this weekend. Busy stretch of games uh, for the Stags, but uh, keep it going. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having both of us. That'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Fairfield coach Chris Casey. Next up for the Stags, they get ready for, yes, the two-game homestand, Friday night against Niagara, and then the Sunday afternoon game against the hottest team in the MAC right now, Mount St. Mary's has won four in a row. So it's Niagara on Friday, Mount St. Mary's on Sunday. Our next podcast will drop the week of February 26th setting you up for the uh, home stretch of the regular season. This is moving along quickly. So for Chris Casey and our special guest, Alexis Yetnam, and for the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis, and our podcast engineer, thank you, Wyatt Dossie. I am Bob Usler. Thanks for listening to Open Court.